if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello, and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Alonzo. Today, I have the guest. My guest is Summer Hart of Sway. She is going to introduce herself and tell us more about the organization Sway that's based in Las Vegas. Thank you, Summer, so much for coming on today. I greatly appreciate it. Um, introduce yourself. Please tell my audience um, who you are, how you came into the business, and then if you could talk about Sway a little bit more. Okay. Um, well, I'm Summer Hart, and um, I have been doing um, something somewhere an adult for almost 12 years. Um, and I live in Las Vegas, um, and I, I did help found um, Suede Vegas, um, S-W-A-I-D Vegas, um, and we are uh, a mutual aid and harm reduction, um, and we give a lot of education, harm reduction supplies, and we give microgrants to people. Um, a lot of times we are also giving groceries. We are sometimes like supporting people through like reproductive care needs, um, if that's a thing that they need. Um, and uh, things like that. And I uh, helped found it with um, some of my friends, which were Cody Vore and Xander Corvus, and uh, Tegan Trex also helped us. And then um, we have another friend, Queen Ava, and um, they've all kind of been um, integral in the organization since the beginning. And then um, we've gotten lots of other people who like now have come in and wanted to be volunteers. I know you said you met Crystal at uh, Crystal Davis mm -hmm. um, at Why Not? And um, she's been a really cool volunteer. She's a really good, uh, like, you know, PR face person. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so that's basically what we do with Suede. Nice. And it, it's very new. Like what year did you start Sway? And what was your, what were you thinking when you started it? What was on your mind and what was your goal and your mission? Well, we actually kind of started doing what would become Suede in 2020. Um, a whole bunch of people in 2020 have lost their jobs, especially sex workers. So, um, you know, it was really, really difficult to do in-person sex work in a safe way. Um, everything was shut down. If you were working on mainstream porn sets, then, you know, it, your job was shut down for a long time. It was really, really difficult to get work. You had to have a 24-hour COVID test, you know, just all these barriers were happening. It was really hard to create content with other people in a safe way. Um, dancers who I had known, you know, um, for years, I had a lot of friends who dance here in Las Vegas. Um, they, all their clubs were closed. Um, girls that work in brothels, I have friends that work in brothels were also closed. Everything was closed and every source of income that, um, you know, these people had, had just evaporated kind of overnight. Um, 
and a lot of us were really scared and like kind of not knowing what to do and um we started reading about like well what's what's mutual aid and how do we take care of our neighbors and you know maybe we had more time than we normally have um and how do we how do we take care of our neighbors and like how can we take care of each other through this and one of the things that we came up with was noticing that there's a lot of people you know who do sex work um who don't have uh a lot and 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 the truth is a lot of people come into doing sex work um with not very much. And, and, and I'm one of those people, like I came into doing sex work because I was taking care of, um, I became the guardian for my two younger sisters when I was 21, almost 22. Um, and they were, they're much younger than me. Um, and I was working, trying to work a bartending job and like go to school and I had no money, you know, and this was something that I could do part-time that allowed me to like take care of the people I needed to take care of in my life. And I, I meet so many sex workers who are in positions like that, right. Where, you know, a little bit of help or a little bit of money would make all the difference in the world um, to their survival and their ability to, you know, fill their fridge or put gas in their car or pay their rent or, or whatever. And we realized that like, we probably had the capacity to help a few people where we lived, um, you know, every month. And so we kind of started building the structure from there. Um, we said, well, we could put a little pot of money and we could create a form that people could access and we would, you know, keep track of the requests that went out. And then we started seeing, well, you know, there's this big gap also for like harm reduction supplies that people can't get or that are like difficult to access. One of the things that is really difficult for people to access that's expensive and, and of course has become even more difficult to access in the last couple of years is like plan B. So that's an emergency contraceptive, right? We give out so much emergency contraception. Um, and it's one of those things, like if you have to, if you need a plan B in an emergency, you have to find somebody or be able to get to a pharmacy. Not everybody is really capable of that. It costs 50 to $60 at the pharmacy. Not everybody has that money, right? But we can give it to you, have you put it in your medicine cabinet and you just have it, right? Like, and that's such a big deal, not just for sex workers, but for all kinds of people. Like, um, people can't see these boxes that are sitting behind me, but these are full of like female condoms and fentanyl test strips and Narcan and things like that. Um, it's just kind of expanded over time to become like this harm reduction um, aspect of things where we're like, well, we can get together these items and, and especially since we became a, a nonprofit. Wow. And harm reduction is very important now with that fentanyl. This is, that's something new in my generation. We didn't have that. Um, glad I'm drug free, but, uh, now it's getting risky for people to and Some people can't just stop their habit. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, it's funny because like, I, I I'm not someone that uses drugs, but I, I know that just like being a sex worker, there are a lot of people who will look down on these people and think that they don't deserve help and think that they don't deserve anything and think that literally, like I've heard so many times since we, since we started distributing Narcan that like basically these people like don't deserve to live. And it's just this unbelievable kind of attitude I think that people have mm -hmm. um, that like people that use drugs are like not worth anything. Um, and if, I don't have to be a drug user personally to know how it feels to have people think that about you because they don't like how you're living your life or the things that you're doing because I <laughs> have experienced that. And I know you have too, right? Like people mm -hmm. just believing that like you essentially, your life is not valuable or is less valuable than other people's because you are a woman who was sexual on the internet. Right. Yeah. People just have misconceptions of the career and especially when, 
it, the stigmatism, it's just, yeah. And, and everybody, people don't realize that people have, I had a cousin that died from uh, fentanyl use yeah. and he had a mother and he had a father and he had brothers and sisters. So there's a lot more involved with that. So it's great that you guys are providing the um, harm reduction like that. How hard has it been to set up this nonprofit and to, and how are you guys collecting or um, going about um, collecting donations? Well, I mean, I want to speak to your to your, your point on on the overdose stuff. There are so many things that people people always think, oh, that will happen to somebody else. It'll happen to like this person who's using drugs and not to me. But like, there's fentanyl, like you were saying, in everything. Like yeah. you could you could pick up something. And how many people honestly can say that they've like never used drugs? They've never taken someone else's prescription medication. Like they've never done that ever in their lives. That's that's I've heard of people smoking weed and they've put fentanyl and then they've died. I've heard of that. too. absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And and I can verify to you that that's true. And so, like, it's one of those things that people think, oh, that'll never happen to me. That'll never be me. Well, maybe not you, but maybe someone in your family, maybe your best friend. I have known several people in this industry and I know you probably have, too, that have died of overdose deaths. And, you know, none of them were using fentanyl. They were, you know, had a party drug and and, you know. Had too much of it. Um, to your point about how hard is it to set up the 501c3, it was not hard actually to set up the 501c3 structure. So that was really lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, what is hard, I think, is the same thing that's hard for all nonprofits. So I've worked in kind of the nonprofit sector um, in a vanilla job, mm-hmm. um, you know, aside um, to sex work. And I think you're always kind of struggling a little bit. Um, to find people that really want to donate to these causes, especially if mm-hmm. your cause is sex work. <laughs> oh. So when you, there's, there's some people that have been really friendly to us and, you know, you'll start to talk to them and you'll say, yeah, um, this is what we do. And they'll say something like, oh, well then you help sex trafficking survivors. And I would say, sure. Yeah. We would definitely help someone who is a sex trafficking survivor. Absolutely. But our main focus is mutual aid. So aid from inside the community or whatever aid we can bring to people who work in the adult industry. And they're like, okay, so like you support people doing prostitution. And I would say something like, yeah, absolutely. We absolutely support those people mentally, emotionally. We'll support them financially. We'll give them condoms. We'll give them female condoms. We'll give them plan B. We will help them in whatever ways we have the you know resources and ability to help them. The other section of that is like the harm reduction side. And there have been multiple times where even, even for instance, we were at the adult entertainment expo mm-hmm. and we were allowed really generously by pineapple support to be um, in their booth space because we couldn't afford a booth space there. And um, we were told by hotel security that we were not allowed to say that we had fentanyl test strips. Oh. Right. What? We, yeah. Oh yeah. And not to, not to tell people. Now we, they didn't say like, you have to pack them away. Don't bring them. But they, they said, you can't tell people you have that, put those away. Like, we don't want to see you guys talking about, we had a sign that we were holding that was like, Hey, like, are you going to a party later? Like we have fentanyl test strips and we were kind of like standing around, like saying things like that. Oh my they, gosh. Cause you're saving, you're literally saving lives. And yeah, fentanyl test strips literally save people's lives. But when you start talking about drug use people really all of a sudden are like oh well 
you know, I don't want to talk. I don't want to see that. Like I would tell you Mm -hmm. another one is like clean needles. People are really, really against clean needles, but clean needles, of course, keep people from getting HIV and hepatitis C. And uh, when people share needles between each other, that's the number one way that people get HIV. Um, And hepatitis is Mm -hmm. another bloodborne pathogens is to share needles between them when using drugs. And so one of the best things that we could do to like spread the, like stop the spread of diseases in our communities and among people that might use injection-based drugs is to just provide them with clean syringes and they're cheap. They're one of the cheapest things that we can give out as harm reduction. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) I mean, condoms are cheap, right? Condoms are a cheap harm reduction supply. Right, right. Needles are like the neck, one of the next cheapest uh, things that we can give out. They're so, so cheap. And like we have been told multiple times when we were tabling, like, okay, you guys can bring your stuff, but you know, don't bring needles. We don't want it to seem like we're, you know, promoting drug use. So don't bring clean needles. And it's it's like, that is something that actually genuinely might keep someone much safer in their life. If we could just talk, and I don't think we talk about sex openly, right? Like, I don't think we talk very much about like how to protect yourself with sex, because even as someone who does sex for a living, I guess I'll say it that way. I talk to a lot of people who also have sex for a living that don't seem to know as much as they really should. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more so, I think that people don't talk about drugs. Yeah, I know people aren't, they're afraid and, and they have the misconception that like, if you are passing the fentanyl strips, you're encouraging. Yeah. And it's a very ignorant thinking because of course people aren't going to announce you know, what they have on them. But, you know, you were right by going, hey, anybody going to a party later on? And it could be one, you know, just one strip might help one person save a person for that night. And, you know, it's very ignorant for people to think that. But I see, I remember when I think Biden approved the, um, what was that act that he, and I remember people went crazy over it. The was it the mental health act that allowed them to give government grant funding for... Yeah. Narcan, fentanyl test strips. And right. Yeah. People went the other side, went kind of crazy on this. And they don't realize those same people that had an issue with it, that demographic happens to be helping that, <laughs> that they're benefiting it the most. You, you get what I'm saying? They don't realize that you don't know who you have in your family. You don't know right. what, uh, uh, for instance, my 18 year old, um, you know, I've even had to tell her, like, make sure if you roll up your weed, because she's a smoker, sm- roll up your own stuff. Don't trust when you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this is the type of conversation that we need to have with our kids as they get older or they're adults, you know, like, hey, you know, make sure you're you're rolling up your own stuff. Don't trust just anybody because you meet them right off the street right away. I think that you're really, really a smart parent for like talking to your kids about that because I think most parents don't. And it's the same reason I think they don't talk to them about sex. It's uncomfortable. And it's like one of those things that's like, oh, I just hope they won't do it basically. Um, And I was reading this thing and I I started to read this article and it was about how this woman was suing Snapchat because um, her 14 year old met a drug dealer on Snapchat and died of a fentanyl overdose. I think that's horrible, horrendous. Uh And I feel so bad for this woman and it's horrible what happened to her child and the person who sold her child fentanyl is horrible but when i think about this when i think about the problem i don't think that we're ever going to fix it by 
restricting social media. No. I think the one way that we fix this is the same way that I think that we fix things like why do we have teenagers getting pregnant and why do we have STIs being spread, you know, when we have ways of preventing them? Like the way that we fix this is like knowledge and education. So you tell your kid like, Hey, um, you probably should not do this or engage this way. Like you shouldn't be taking drugs from someone like this and maybe even having things like Narcan and fentanyl test strips in your house in case it happened. So when I became a guardian of a child, you know, um, from the, time she was like 13, 14, 15, I was like, Hey, these are condoms. Like, I'm going to put them in the bathroom. If, if someone used these condoms, I would never know, you know, like I would mm-hmm. never know that anybody ever used them or needed them. They're just going to go in the bathroom right here. And if you ever wanted to talk to me about how to use a condom, like I can show you. And like, there was multiple times where I would say like, Hey, and also here's plan B. Do you know how to use plan B? Let me tell you about how you use plan B. If someone were to like, you know, if you were to like have sex, you know, and these are like things that I would talk about on a regular basis. Like how does birth control work? Here's these things just in case you would need them. Here's, you know, here they are oh, in the this bathroom. Was, cabinet. This was you and your young sisters? Yeah. Yes. So, oh, you were being a good big sister. So. <laughs> I never thought about talking to them, honestly, about like uh-huh. fentanyl and stuff like that and about overdose That's deaths good. or anything like that. I never thought about that. But now I do think that that is maybe something that like parents should unfortunately have to talk to their kids about and say, hey, like. If you get a drug from a drug dealer, there is a great chance that it has fentanyl in it and you should test anything that you're getting from somebody else. You should be cautious about taking drugs from other people. You should have Narcan if you're going to plan because kids are going to do this. Like your, right. your teenagers are going to go, sorry to tell you parents, but like your 15, 16 to 25 year olds are going to go to a music festival and they're going to do drugs. and you know, you probably did too. And you should prepare them for the reality of the fact that they could encounter fentanyl and they're not just could, they're very, very likely to. Yeah. There's a hundred thousand plus overdose deaths in the United States every year. Ooh, that's um, it is, it is. And I, I hate, you know, saying that I hate telling people that, I mean, I had a friend that died of an overdose last year. Like, it's one of those things Like, we need to talk about this so that people can do the thing that prevents this from happening. And it's like, when I sit here, there's a case of Narcan behind me. Narcan is so simple to use. Anybody can use it. You can be trained to use it in three minutes. We were training people to use it at AVN. Um, it's a spray that goes up someone's nose. You turn them on their side, make sure that they don't throw up, administer CPR on them. You call 911. It, the only thing that it does, it's an inert substance. It does not get you high. It doesn't make you sick. Can't do anything. It might make you throw up, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't do anything to you except for reverse an overdose. That is the only thing the drug does. Wow. That's everybody needs to, it's true. Everybody needs to have that in their household now. Yes. Yeah. So tell me more about Sway and the other things. I think you guys did something for back to school. I see you do stuff for families. And I was a single parent and I was a dancer at one time in Vegas. And and what people don't realize is dancers, when they walk through the door, I used to pay like $150 a day. This was back in 2008. So I can't imagine now what these clubs are charging um, to walk through the door. I remember paying that a much and people have so much of a misconception that sex workers always make money. So I was really glad when I saw that you do do, can you share some of the things that you do do for the families of uh, sex workers too? 
Yeah, so for the last like, year and a half, we've been saying like, hey, whenever your kids are going back to school, we want the wish list for your kids to go back to school. We want to post them online. Um, we would post them in all of our groups, see if we could get people to help um, get school supplies for sex worker uh, parents. I, I always want to say moms, but that's not right. It's always parents. Um, yeah, parents for, for like, you know, backpacks and shoes and stuff like that. Um, and then we did like, you know, we did this year and we did last year, like Christmas wish lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just like you're saying too, I noticed a lot of like Christmas wish lists with like shoes and, um, coats, cool. you know what I mean? And I thought, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people just like you're saying, like, I don't know why there's this perception that like everybody who works in this is making a lot of money, but most people who come into it, come into it because they don't have anything and they're just trying to find a way to live. Right. Yeah. People, I started cause I came from nothing into sex work back in long, long time ago, but, um, that's why with my podcast, I'm trying to educate the public. Not everybody's making a ton of money and there's a <laughs> lot of struggling parents. And like, I know dancing, I remember like I quit because I got tired of coming up with that money every day to walk through that door. And then like some days, not even maybe making like $300. So, okay. I got the one fifty to come back tomorrow, but now I can't pay the light bill. Now I, you know, it's either food or, you know, you got to go back to work the next day. So a lot of dancers, people don't realize, especially the summertime in Vegas, it's dead. Vegas is dead during the summer for a lot of poor. um, And, and also people don't realize how much like in Vegas, they arrest all the time and they arrest for the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you guys help with any situation if somebody goes to jail, needs to be bailed out or anything like that? You know, we've talked about um, a bail support program, but we're small enough at this time that we don't have the resources to do bail support. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of us had done bail support during um, some of the protests that took place here. So like when someone would get out of jail, kind of crazy, but I don't know, uh, they just release people from behind the jail in like the middle of the night with like nothing like a dead phone. Right. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what happens to people. So we, we had, some of us had done some bail support before and, and it is our goal. One of our goals that we've been looking at for a while to do bail support specifically, it's hard to direct that at sex workers exactly, but um, cause you don't, you, you wouldn't know, um, especially without working with police, which has been uh, something that we are not interested in. <laughs> um, but uh we do have a contact and we're, we're really fortunate to have this contact. Um, we have had a couple of people who have, they're, they're not, they're sort of volunteers for Sway. They've been uh, affiliated or involved with us in some capacity. Um, and both of these uh, women are now either in law school or they are attorneys. And, um, and they have started inside of the national, the national, the Nevada lawyers guild. They have started a sex work committee um, with lots of people inside of that committee and, um, the, the two people who have been affiliated with Swade, um, have started that committee and are, have been leading that committee. And we have really luckily been able to refer many, many people for legal help over there for either like low cost or for free. I know that we've done several record sealing, um, uh, things with them and they will do the record ceilings for us for free. So like if you, wow, want, just if you're listening to this, if you're, if you're a sex worker and you have, um, I don't know, uh, we have someone with an eviction record ceiling as well. So I know that that's also possible, but, uh, if you had, you know, I don't know what the level of crime is. I'm not an attorney and I don't know anything about this, but right, right. Uh, 
if you have a kind of a minor offense uh, on your record and maybe it's keeping you from getting a job or, you know, an apartment or something like this, um, you can write to us and we will uh, connect you with an attorney that will help you do the record sealing um, as well. Wow, that's great because some people want to change their lives. Yeah. And, and Vegas, the one thing about Vegas, um, I know from living there, they, they go hard on the girls. The working girls. Clubs. Yeah, yeah. And strip clubs too. They're always trying to bust girls. And strip oh, they're clubs. trying to bust girls now in strip clubs too? Oh, it's really bad. I mean, this is, I mean, I don't work in strip clubs out here, but I've just heard multiple times that, you know, they, I cannot believe that we spend taxpayer dollars like this, but they, they send uh, cops into strip clubs to try to touch girls. And of course, if they allow it, then you can get arrested for prostitution. Oh my God. They've got nothing better to do. <laughs> right exactly to, to, to go into they did that when I was young in a um in a club and it and that's the whole reason I left the city that I was originally I started because they started coming in there and arresting people and that's just not a fun experience you know you got mom single moms trying to just pay their bills right and yeah pe people trying to pay their rent and take care of stuff and then it's <laughs> the overall effect of getting arrested. So what are, um, do you guys meet once a month or what else do you guys do like, um, for your meeting? And how does, how do you vent members as they come in? So we have been, we have kept a really tight uh, kind of, uh, we call it staff. None of us are paid, but uh -huh. um, we, we call it staff. So people that we pretty much allow anybody who's a sex worker to volunteer with us. Like, you know, as long as we think, you know, we haven't heard that they're like a danger to the community, like um, we'll allow anybody who's a sex worker to, to volunteer with us and to like, so you had met Crystal at one of these events, Crystal was volunteering um, and, uh, you know, give out harm reduction supplies or um, table for us or um, help us with an event or something like that. Um, and in some cases, volunteers would help us uh, with uh, like our email requests. So actually I'm the one that does most of the email requests, but there are other people that help with the email requests. Um, everybody who joins our group has to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Um, not about like anything that goes on in our group, but because we get so much sensitive private information. And so that's like, like when people write in and say, uh, I was sexually assaulted and I need help. And I, you know, need plan B right now. And I, you know, that's private personal information and it's such a small community you might know that person and so we want to make sure that everybody who's in the space is a sex worker so they understand the things that people are telling them and like are coming from a non-judgmental perspective which is why we've had the idea that like if you're not a sex worker we don't really want you as a volunteer um and that might sound like you know kind of shitty but like we want the people like-minded yeah i do i, I want them right. to have had Ex either experience as a sex worker previously or they are a current sex worker and they get it in some sector it doesn't have to be you know you could have been a phone sex operator or a dancer i don't care but i i want you to have had the experience so that when someone you know writes in that you're not you know because i've just had the organization i've had other experiences with other organizations where they allow a large or all of the people that run them to not be sex workers or sex worker affiliated and it's a really bad feeling to not feel yeah. like people you're talking to about some very vulnerable situation don't get it and i find that some people also fantasize about being into it being in sex work that's another thing <laughs> i find like they're they're curious and they want to help, but it's still that little minor perversion that doesn't cross well. And, and that's a very good boundary that you guys have. 
Yeah. So yeah. The, the the general, we have like a kind of people that are like more involved on, on a daily basis mm-hmm. um, of like running the org. So like answering emails, fulfilling requests. We have like a big sheet, you know, to make sure that every, that people check to make sure that everything is done. Um, so that we have multiple people checking the sheet to make sure all of our work is done. Um, so that's kind of maybe like a more staff type position. And then we have like volunteers and some of the volunteers do things like we have Twitch stream fundraisers. Um, oh, nice. um, I, Div Bug is, she's a, a really sweet, um, she's been a cam girl for years. Uh, and, uh, Johnny Starlight is another one. And, uh, Xander Corbis had done some of the original, um, Twitch streams and they will do Twitch streams to like help fundraise for the fund. Um, and so those people have kind of, we've, we've divided over time, like kind of into teams and we got this, uh, we didn't come up with this idea. We started researching how do other people do mutual aid and how do they, you know, take it so that not one person has everything on their shoulders running the whole org, but you know, there's little, little, little teams. And so that's kind of how we've built it up. Oh, nice. And your guys, the one thing I love that attracted me that I wanted to interview is you're open to helping all forms of sex work, whether it be in person to online, to strippers, to you guys, you don't close your door to any, all like, as long as they're a sex worker, you recognize the umbrella. Correct. Yeah. 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 And so pretty much as long as we can vet that Uh you are a sex worker in some capacity, like as long as we can see that that's true. And how do you vet with some of the people like, um, how would you vent some of the people like uh, sheriff's cards or? Yeah. Okay. So we, we have a laundry list of how we would vet people, but <laughs> um, you know, one of the ways that we, we, that you're right on is sheriff's cards. So that would be like brothel workers or dancers in Las Vegas. We would say, Hey, can you give us a selfie with your sheriff's card um, so that we can see that you're, you know, you're you. And we, then we will do whatever they're asking for typically. Um, but you know, a lot of people do, even people that only do in-person work, um, have switched to having some kind of online persona, um, mm-hmm. because it helps verify them with clients. Right. Um, so a, a lot of people that, that have even, um, their own booking websites will have like, uh, an Instagram so that they can show that they're real. Um, and we verify through those, we verify through people's web- websites, we verify through ads, um, we verify through campsites, we verify through Reddit, we verify through Sex Panther. And the the way that we're able to do that is that we have a good number of volunteers that help us verify. And so if I don't have an account on some place like that, I say, hey, Sonso, can you go and check and make sure that this person, you know, has a real account and contact them over there? I, I wish we didn't have to do it that way. and We didn't have to be so thorough. But unfortunately, people have, and I assume these people are probably not sex workers, have unfortunately tried to, um, what is that word? Impersonate. Um, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so later you'll, you'll like, you know, so we, we've had to verify that we're actually talking to the correct person, um, and that they're really them. Um, and we do have a goal of doing all of that in about 24 hours and we're mostly very successful, um, at that, but, uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes uh usually when we're not successful at the under 24 hours verification it's because it wasn't real (laughs) oh so you probably would but everybody that's in the organization it's a mixture correct 
Yeah. And that's actually the beauty of it, right? If mm-hmm. everybody in the organization is a sex worker, you're going to be able to identify other sex workers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's one of the things that someone was, was talking about, like, how do you know someone's a sex worker? And I was like, well, we are sex workers. Like we can figure out who's a sex worker, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's great. Well, that's great that you guys are open to the full umbrella and helping everybody like that. What is it now the organization needs most to be donated? What is the thing that like you constantly run out of or you guys really, really need? So the things that we most give out are microgrants. We give out $100 microgrants. Um, we do limit the number that people can receive. Um, mm-hmm. And we do track how many people receive. But there are, of course, many people who for a hundred bucks, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't fix them up and they're going to come back next month and probably the next month um, and need that. Um, and so we always need like probably every 501c3, we need any kind of cash donations, especially from our own community, even if that's $5, um, because we don't take any of that for ourselves. So nobody in our org gets paid. There are no paid positions. Um, we take all that money minus any like banking fees because we can't help those, but right. Um, and give that directly to the next person who makes a request that we can vet as a sex worker. The other thing that we have that we pretty much consistently need um, are the items on like our, we have a wish list items. Um, those are typically like non-latex condoms, pregnancy tests, plan B. Although we got a huge donation of plan B from, uh, from the actual company, which was crazy. Wow. Um, what company did that? That was great. Um, the people that make Plan B, um, the, wow. that, the brand name Plan B gave us 256 uh, last wow. week, which was, that's so much. <laughs> oh, um, wow. That's great. I mean, we'll get rid of that. I promise you, we will get rid of that by <laughs> March. We'll get rid of it by March. But, by March, uh, 256. I promise wow. we'll get rid of that by March. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but we will. I remember before they had Plan B, what did we do? We said, oh, shit. yeah that's what we did before plan b but um that's really really great because you you know some people are against the you know abortion or plan b we're women we're human beings stuff's gonna happen yeah i mean the thing about plan b is it's not an abortion pill like it it prevents pregnancy the same way that birth control control pill yeah yeah it's, it's a prophylaxis so you know so many people Oh my gosh, because it's expensive and it's hard to access. Yeah. And like when we set up, like I said, at the, at the pineapple support booth, um, people kept walking up and being like, is this plan B? And we were like, yeah. And they'd be like, can <laughs> we can have it? And if you know, we're like, yes, it's for you. And they were like, oh. really? And yeah. And you know, and- they were happy. Which, which, which convention again was this at the, um, AVN? So AVNs, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they were real happy to get that plan B. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I mean, another thing that we are always running out of is fentanyl test strips, um, because when you give them out, you don't give somebody one, you don't say, Oh, here's your one fentanyl test strip. It's not like a pregnancy test, you know, um, you want to give them 20 or 30, um, when you give them out, you want to give them as many as you can. And you know, they're, they're kind of expensive. If you have to buy them, they're about a dollar a strip. Um, and so those are another thing that we kind of could always use, always need. Uh, what is the, do you have a title of the wish list? What's it? Um... It's on our website. So if okay. you go to swayvegas.org backslash okay. contribute, uh, the contribute side of it. So the there, main website is Sway Vegas. 
Vegas.org. Yeah. Dot org. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. Good, good, good. Wow. So Summer, I'm very impressed with all the stuff that uh, you're doing here with Sway. And uh, it's been a tough journey, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to say yes, but it's been really cool because the people that are like, you know, coming together in a way, people have been very responsive, um, kind of like what you're saying right now. Oh, that's really cool. That's, that's most people's response. And many people have been like, this is a good thing that should exist. And so yeah. that's made it a little bit easier. The responses being positive for the most part have made it a, a lot easier to, to do work on. I mean, I think that's for anybody, right? Like whatever work you're doing, like this, this job right here, it has to be rewarding or, or you're not going right. to do it. People have to respond to you positively about it or it sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, how do you manage um, you working and doing this? Is it, has it been like, it's been time consuming because running um, an org at the same time or for your work or. Yes. Or t- <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think, I think, yeah, it's time consuming. I um, luckily, so like Cody uh, or who I mentioned before has been more the like, okay, why not? We'll do avian. We'll, you know, has been this person that, and it really does help to like be able to delegate that into the team. So she's really been a person who's been on like, let's do, let's do an event. Let's go to pride. And I'm like, great. You guys go to pride. I'll continue to answer emails. Cause like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's my capacity. Right. right. Um, you know, Xander Corvus, um, he has been a person who has been like, well, let me try to get donations from people. It's been really good at that. Uh, Crystal is also someone who's, who's really good at that. Some people, you know, one thing about the org that's been really great is if, if you have a strength or a skill, we're not trying to say you do this and you do that. And that's what we have available for you. We're saying like, what do you have that you would like to bring into the organization? Because like, we want you to do that. That's a good, that's a very good way because it, yeah, that's a very good way to run an organization. So on um, IG here, I am looking right now. Sway Vegas, correct? Is the IG? Yeah. Or sweet underscore Vegas, yeah. Underscore, underscore. Let me look it up real quick. I should have done this before we began, but let me look it because I think it's, I got sway in Vegas. Oh, I think I did it wrong. Oh, I can't seem to find it. My, <laughs> what is the IG again? S W A I D underscore Vegas. Oh, suede with a D underneath. So everybody's yeah. out there. They can see. And I have to say, it was smart, you guys. I didn't know about you guys till I saw you guys at uh Why Not? So it's a good idea. You do do events because then other sex workers can be aware of. And you said um, before you're there is expanding or going in other cities or what's uh, going on with that? Yeah. So, you know, we just have people that have said like, hey, I want to help. I mean, um, you know, a few people who have been like, living either east coast or like ava who i mentioned before um is in arizona and um you know she's not too far off but it's it's been like okay well she's in arizona and then we've had people who are like oh we really want to help or we want to help do narcan distribution or we want to do trainings or we want to do this or that and they live in california mostly la right and um we've we've been able to go back and forth we we actually at the moment, if anybody is listening to this and is mm-hmm. a sex worker and wants to do this, we've been looking for people um, who are sex workers that have, you know, good knowledge, especially of like harm reduction supplies or harm reduction materials or want to learn um, to help us in LA because we have a couple of volunteers in LA, but 
Um, we've been offered to have some uh, permanent space um, at one of the new testing facilities, uh, Clear. Uh -huh. uh, and they have a new facility and they've said, hey, like we could have a cabinet where we would be allowed to put like, you know, supplies for people and that people could just come in and get them when they were getting tested. And we thought, wow, like that would be really great. And um, they offered to to just give us like a little cabinet or a little supply area and said, you know, we could come sit there if we wanted, you know, kind of do like a little booth on one day a week if we wanted to, or we could just, you know, stock it with supplies and things like that. And um, we thought, wow, like it would be so great to have more volunteers in LA so we could make sure that that cabinet stays stocked. That's wonderful. That's great. That's really, really wonderful. Now, you were around before FOSTA-SESTA was signed. Have you seen a lot of things change for, because I know in Los Angeles, I think there's a very big, serious problem with, um, it would be bad, very bad homeless problem, but uh, have you seen the downfall of FOSTA-SESTA and how has that impacted sex workers overall, what you have personally seen? I mean, I want to talk about what I've personally seen, but like, you know, I... I, for a long time, have been in maybe some of the same activist circles as you. And mm -hmm. uh, the thing that I see more than anything is that uh, SESTA-FOSTA is a massive policy failure. I mean, you know, respectfully, they have arrested one person under SESTA-FOSTA. Um, it has never done anything to stop people from trafficking people, but it definitely, definitely has stopped sex workers from being safe online. I mean, we, we know like statistically from studies that when sex workers can advertise online, that they're safer because they can vet clients. And when people can't do that or have to do things that are more in person or riskier, that they uh, take risks. And that has been well studied. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not like my personal opinion or even anecdotal evidence. Like I know that for a fact because that is in sociology journals, but like beyond, beyond something like that, I just seen a lot of people feel like their livelihoods are at stake and feel a lot of worry and anxiety and pain and fear since the time of SESTA-FOSTA. Um, I don't know actually how much people are genuinely impacted by it but mm. i do know that it's an ineffective law that's only exists to make politicians feel better like they did something yeah it really gets me they think um a lot of people just they the the thing about the sex trafficking is so many misconceptions oh so many well, I've I got... love... <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to cut you off please go yeah. ahead um, but I, yeah, it's such a big misconception. They don't understand. A lot of us came into sex work because we wanted to, because we had to, because we've got people, to, families to support. I shouldn't say people to support, children to support, but yeah, yes. a lot of parents, um, you know, they don't know you're like, for instance, you, you became a guardian to two young children at 21 years old. That's a lot of responsibility and you had to do something to provide for them and, that was your choice, not nobody else forcing you. So I wish more people would understand that because it's such a very big misconception. And, and, and it, um, you know what I'm saying? That people don't understand that because of all the people I've interviewed, not one person said, well, I was forced. I was forced. Right. You know, I've, in all the years I've been in, I've never seen anybody forced. They didn't I, want to be there. <laughs> right so that's what we we need to just educate the public too about that so thank you so much for coming on today and talking please let everybody know where they could find you um share also if anybody is listening and needs help where they can go 
and also list the websites too. So we can, and if they want to donate too as well, all of that. So, oh yeah. So, um, suede is, uh, we're on Instagram, of course. Um, you can find us at S W A I D underscore Vegas. We are also um, on Twitter at S W A I D Vegas. Um, and we have a website. We are swaidvegas.org if you want to uh, check us out there. There's a contribute tab if you uh, like. You can join our we – have, we have a Patreon. We don't post on it much, but you could join our Patreon and become kind of a little monthly donor. Um, we have some of those options on PayPal too. Um, we do have um, – in they are mostly in Vegas. We do have some events that we run every year. We will be gearing up for a clothing swap pretty soon. Um, those are always really fun. Um, so you can uh, follow us and, and learn about those kinds of things. If you are looking for requesting aid, it is the same website. There's a form, um, and there's an area to request. There's a specific area to request just harm reduction supplies. If you would like to request just harm reduction supplies, you can, there is a a mutual aid request form. That's also on the website. Um, sometimes people do email us and and there is an email on there. if, If you want, Sometimes people do email us. They say, hey, I need, um, for instance, um, reproductive care support. Um, We have somebody uh, who does just reproductive care support so they can guide you through things like that because sometimes sometimes people who are sex workers um, don't always trust the doctors where they live or the people in their lives to talk about uh, reproductive care. Um, And we have somebody who is 100% a sex worker and knows what they're talking about and has done tons and tons and tons of training. I'm not going to tell you she's a medical professional, um, but she's done tons of training and has tons of resources available for you in that arena. Um, And she can help guide you or we can help uh, arrange things for you in order to, uh, to get care or help in those capacities. Um, and yeah, we, as mentioned before, we do have, um, some legal resources, if that's something that you're also in need of. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Get Schooled.